0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by loss. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: Welcome to another episode of Across the Pond Sports Podcast. Uh, We've been missing for a couple of days, um, but we are now back live and exclusive on your phone, Mac, or wherever you're listening to the podcast. Um, had a few technical issues, but we are now back fully ready to go we're starting this week not with an NFL show but with an NBA show Uh, we've got Ryan Doherty coming up straight after this um, and we are going to talk all about the NBA and what's going to be happening uh, this week Um, so there's a lot to to get into and a lot's happened over the last couple of weeks with signings and games coming up and trades and so forth so we've got a lot to, to get into Um, So it's going to be quite interesting to see how we get along. Um, Ryan is an encyclopedia of basketball knowledge, um, so he's got a lot to offer. So it's great to have him back on the show, and he is going to be uh, the co-host of the NBA shows that we we put out, Um, and we're going to do that over the next two Sundays after this, um, just with Christmas and New Year, and then when we come back after New Year, um, it will be Friday, um, and you'll hear the NBA show. And we will continue this week with uh, some NFL shows as well, um, and into next week, and into the playoffs, so we've got that to look forward to. And we have some other shows coming up um, in the new year as well, so it's all go. So do remember, you can check us on our website, atpsports.net, Um, so get on there, you can have a look at our website, see what the hosts are up to. See where we've been mentioned. We've got a lot going on on there. Um, also, you can contact us on social media. So, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Across the Pond Sports Pod. Uh, on Twitter, at ATP Sports Pod. Um, so, yeah, we have a lot going on. And this is going to be a, a good show. Uh, we've got, as I say, Ryan, who knows his NBA. And uh, we're going to have some guests coming up in the next couple of weeks doing the NBA shows as well. So, got some guests lined up so that's going to be uh, pretty awesome as well um, and I'll obviously just get in touch with us if you wish and um, follow us and uh, for the moment we'll get on with the show okay so we are looking at the NBA it's nearly the start of the season we're only a day or so away um, Ryan, there's a lot of big issues with um, sports in America. We've seen Major League Baseball struggle through a season, but they got to a, an end point and they managed to finish on time with a World Series win for the, for the Dodgers. Uh, we've seen the NFL actually really struggle probably more, uh, but they are still on schedule to hit a February Super Bowl although we didn't think a couple of weeks ago that was going to be the case because of the the outbreaks that were happening across the NFL. Uh, do we envisage a similar issue for the NBA, that there will be lots of cases, however, um, that they'll still get to the end point of the season as planned? I,
2: I do think they're going to get to the end of the season as planned, but I think... The NBA have been quite kind of shrewd in not releasing the second kind of half of their rosters, their schedule, which is probably better for them because then they'll be able to tell how many games they can actually get out of teams. Now there has been obviously a couple of cases, um, namely in Portland and in uh, Golden State, so they've kind of dealt with them in-house. I do think that they're going to obviously ramp up as uh, the winter really does start to hit and more and more people do come into contact from all the traveling. So it will be interesting the first month or so to see how they deal with them and how frequent it actually is.
1: And just in terms of COVID and, you know, there's, there's a vaccine now. Um, Obviously in terms of NBA players being given a vaccine, it's probably unlikely because they're fit and healthy. So they're not going to be first in the queue. And uh, unfortunately, the current administration um, only got like 30 million vaccines or something. So there isn't going to be enough to go around until late into well, probably mid next year, um, mid 2021. So there is going to be this risk of, of players going down with COVID. And the players are in co- close quarters quite a lot of the time, whether that be at hotels and locker rooms would it, been, would it have been a better idea to, after the success of the bubble in Orlando, where they had zero cases, would it have been best maybe to look at having a, another bubble scenario? I don't think that a
2: bubble would have, would have really had the appeal that obviously um, silver and stuff had had, had a look at. Um, that was the main kind of selling point of them having a more traditional season as it is kind of going ahead Um the whole aspect of um, teams from different ends of the country playing each other, you know, possibility of fans coming in, et cetera. And depending on how that particular state's doing, et cetera, it wouldn't, I don't think a bubble in specific kind of regions would have really drawn the same kind of interest from the, the sponsors and as well as the fans. I think some of the fans did get a little bit kind of disinterested uh when the bubble was kinda of going on, when the games became a little bit more meaningless. Um for instance the play some of the playing games were a bit kind of sign, sealed, and delivered. It was already kinda of a foregone conclusion. So I think if that was going on for a whole season, you'd see a lot of people like kind of turning off as the season was going on.
1: Yeah, I mean I watched the bubble and I thought the play was really good. And it was it was probably actually just nice to have basketball back um, because we hadn't had it for so long. And you know, I think the NBA did a good job putting the bubble together. Um, I think this time around, you would have to have a bigger bubble because all thirty teams are going to be there, um, and and that I think would be a uh, would be an issue because you, you're then kind of overcrowded because what they had twenty two teams originally um in Orlando before teams started getting knocked out. Uh, so yeah, I think it'd be hard for them then to say you're gonna have to be away from your families for up to six months potentially. Um if you if you make the finals. So yeah, that that would have been a, a tough one. It would be a tough sell I think for the players as well. Because I don't think any player wants to be away from his family for that long. Um or officials or staff that work for the teams coaches and everyone else not even to, to forget them so yeah I, I think probably what they're doing now is the best way forward um, and like you say sponsors and stuff will still be able to kind of be televised um, if nothing else so um, and there will be depending on state uh, as you mentioned. There will be some fans in there. Um I, I did watch a Utah Jazz preseason game, Um and they were pumping in fake noise. I don't know if they maybe just get rid of that because I don't know about you, but I find it quite often.
2: Oh yeah, the, the fake noise. I mean, I've I've watched a lot of sports with fake noise, and I'm glad to see that football, obviously in this country, is back to kind of somewhat relatively normal with actual fans back in in the in the stands. With the fake noise, it was almost like um you know they were they were trying to emulate almost a computer game scenario and just it didn't seem authentic and i think the players didn't like it either cuz it would always be kind of you know off putting that oh a a really good event would almost happen almost a goal or you know a really good save and then there would be just some random cheering like is that for me or against me
1: who knows yeah well i was watching baseball um and it, it, it was a regular season game and a guy smashed the ball out of the park for a, a home run. And it wasn't until he was halfway around that the, the kind of cheer that you would normally expect a player to get, it's just a home run, um, that suddenly that noise was then pumped in. But by that point, he was already rounding second base. So uh, it, it didn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, I do, what I do like, and I have liked and enjoyed, is that teams have sold seats um with pictures of people like real people and um, we've seen it in the nfl seen it in major league baseball and i actually hope that for the seats that will be empty that the uh, teams maybe do something similar and, and sell those seats and the proceeds go to charity like to the team's charity or something um because i know a lot of the the major league baseball teams and the nfl teams have all done that um and i think that's just that kind of positive kind of spin on things and people get their face in the stands and stuff as well so although they maybe can't be there in person at least they they have something there um i'm i'm actually really
2: looking forward to see what happens with the the free throw lineups how are they going to put opposition teams off their free throws are we gonna have like one of these these kind of wind uh like car sales guys floating about in the background and again just to kind of put people off
1: i think that hilarious. Oh that'll be interesting in fact one thing that i haven't looked at that we maybe should later on um is we should have a look at free throws um and have a look at free throw percentages that players were hitting in the bubble compared to previously like uh, uh, up until that point so and to see how they did because i think that might be quite interesting um there has been big s- contracts being signed, especially in the last few days. Um, earlier on, we see Giannis being gifted a five-year max deal. Um, I don't think that was any big surprise that he was going to get offered that. I think the bigger surprise is that he, w- he accepted it. Um, Davis um, with the Lakers, for me, there was a question mark whether he would actually re-sign. Um, and I don't know how much arm twisting was required um, from LeBron. Um, But one man who didn't need any arm twisting at all was Rudy Gobert. Um, He signed a $205 million extension. Out of these three, and you're going to be surprised by this, but out of these three, the one contract that I have the issue with is Rudy Gobert's because (laughs) I actually think he's, he's on the downslide. He's been Defensive Player of the Year twice, and I love him for it. And I love him. I love his attitude. Um, however, I do think that he is being overpaid. Just a bit, just a bit. Looking at
2: looking at the amount of money he's going to be making, especially when he gets to kind of thirty three, thirty four, and um, which you will get to with a player option uh, on this contract, he's going to be earning forty six million a year. That's a lot of money, a lot, a lot of money and um when i when i heard it i was thinking surely they're, they're doing this so they can potentially trade him for another kind of maybe younger piece or in a, a bad contract later on but with that with that kind of money guaranteed to him with a player option i don't know if that happens
1: yeah i think that contract is is a stifling he's called a stifle tower um that contract is stifling and i think he has been very loyal to the Jazz. Um, obviously, Utah's not a big market team, so has struggled um, to keep players. Gordon Hayward is a, a prime example of that. Um, he, he wanted out to go to, to Boston uh, a few years back. Uh, they obviously didn't make the same mistake with Donovan Mitchell that they made with Gordon Hayward, but... Uh, and I was happy that they they offered him the match straight away and basically gave him whatever he wanted and um, to keep Donovan Mitchell. Rudy Gobert, however, is a very, very good player, very, very good defensive player. His offensive game over the last few years has improved. However, $205 million, it, it leaves you kind of strapped um, to that contract. And unfortunately, I think, we will see out that full contract. I don't think he, he may move in maybe the last year, um, but I don't think that um, we're going to be getting out of that contract anytime soon. And if you've got young players like Donovan Mitchell, Royce O'Neill, who are really kind of up and coming players, um, and they're wanting more money, um, you're going to find it hard to keep out the, the tax, um, with just being stuck to two hundred five million, I—I I mean, he's actually getting paid more than Davis because Davis is what one hundred ninety-five million.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: and I would say Davis was a far better player um, than than Rudy can, Gobert. Can, can we
2: can we get a clip of that somewhere? But you're admitting that Rudy Gobert is is not the best center in the league.
1: Yeah, but Davis I, is a powerful in forward. your opinion. Oh, oh, is he? Okay. Davis is a power forward, so it's absolutely fine. Um, (laughs) The only good thing I think that I did see come out of the Jazz in the off-season was I like the the additions they've made with um, Shaquille Harrison, um, and we've got back Derek Favors. uh, And I think that that's quite a positive because he's been away. He's worked with some young players, um, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, uh, he's been there to help Zion Williamson. And I think he comes back and I think he looks, uh, certainly in preseason, not that we can read too much into the preseason games that were played, but he looks pretty good and he, he looks pretty healthy. And that's what he missed when he was in Utah before. Um, he, he was spending a, a fair amount of time injured. So um, I just hope he can come back and, and do us a job. Um, but Yanis, Yanis has got to be the big one because no one really thought. He was going to stay in Milwaukee, didn't he?
2: Well, I think all of his teammates said they kept giving him pens every day. So they assumed, they assumed they were going to make a contract signing at some point. And I'm guaranteeing that if he didn't sign that contract, there would be several Parker pens going out of business.
1: Yeah, it was, it, it was one when it came over the wire and, and Giannis signed. It was one I was actually shocked at because although I was questionable over Davis... Uh, resigning, I, I was I was probably more certain that he would than wouldn't. But with Giannis, I really wasn't certain at all because he literally had his pick of any team in the league, and um, that he wanted. Um, any team would make moves. Miami were wanting them. The Lakers. I mean, right across the country. So it was strange that he he stayed with Milwaukee. Um, I don't think they've managed to build a decent enough team around him to make them wholeheartedly contenders because he is only one man and he may be the Greek freak, but he can only do so much. And I think that they're, they're probably going to be asking far too much of him. Um, the Bucks are now in trouble as well. Um, they've lost a, a second round pick because of their uh, Bogdanovich um, issues where they Basically said, oh yeah, we've signed him, and then it turned out he didn't want to be there at all, um, and it's quite happy where he, where he's at. So the, Milwaukee, not kind of, they didn't, they've not had a great off season, have they? I I think
2: they actually like even though they have got Drew Holiday, who is a definite upgrade on Bledsoe, I think that they've got weaker. Their whole kind of second unit has got much weaker, and the fact that they still didn't really solve the main issue. And that is have a second plan, other than give the ball to Janis and get out of the way. So yeah, I I don't see how they're gonna overcome that. Because
1: Chris Middleton is is more like a third, maybe even a fourth guy. He, he's he, I don't think he's a number two. He's certainly not a number one. Um, I think he, he struggles a lot. Um, and I think if we talk, want to talk about players that are overpaid, um, that that is probably a decent shout for for a player that is most certainly overpaid. I mean, Giannis is going to be one of the highest paid players. Um, Drew Holiday's on like 26 odd million. Um, But Chris Middleton's on 33 million a year. Um, And that's, that's just crazy for someone who, he's good and I like him, but I, I'm not liking the, the price tag that goes that goes along with them. So um it's a tough sell, I think. Um but obviously it wasn't for yanis because he was quite happy to to sell, but i sell himself to them. So I don't know yeah. if his brother his brother had anything to do with it. Cause I um I think right now people thought if you sign his brother, because remember the Lakers had a brother as well, so um they, they would get a shot at him. But that was obviously yeah. not the case for the Lakers. Um <laughs> Were there any other big moves that you seen or didn't see that, that caught your eye? Well, just
2: before we move off Utah, um, I actually, before uh, Rudy signed his contract, um, there was another centre who has kind of been floated about, um, which is Jarrett Allen, who is like almost like the unwanted man by the Brooklyn Nets. Looking at his stats and looking at how his progression has come over the last three years, he would have been the perfect player replacement if you guys wanted to get a Rudy Gore. You know, less than a block a game, worse off. Game assists the same, two rebounds less, but three more points. You know, I, he was I, looking, looking at maybe what max ten mil a year.
1: I I'm going to be honest. I'm a fan, um, and when I heard that Alan wasn't in favor in Brooklyn, I was like, well, there's a few teams that could could really use him and and Utah is a prime example uh I even think that if we'd signed Gobert to a smaller contract maybe even less years um and you bring in Allen then you maybe have them playing off each other uh, but the, the way that the, the Jazz have done this now the Jazz are under new ownership that's one big story that, that the Jazz have they have new ownership but the Dennis Lindsay Um, is still there he's still in charge and um, Justin Zanuck um, is still there so uh, I'm confused as to to the direction that the Jazz are going in just now fans love it the fans seem to love now I'm a fan of the Jazz but the fans loved that signing and they took to Twitter and Instagram and all the rest of it to convey their love for that signing but yeah for me probably wasn't the best one. Um, the only one that didn't go through that I thought would go through was Harden. Harden turned down the biggest contract in NBA history. He was going to be paid over 50 million a year and he turned that down.
2: That's, I mean, you can you can say what you want about Harden's mentality about on the basketball court, where his allegiances really lie. Does he, is he all out for himself or is he out for the team? But I think by turning down that 50 million, I think he's looking at the long term about his own brand, about how he's going to be perceived. And I think seeing all the changes around him in Houston, he's decided that he needs out. And he doesn't really locked in to a team that's always going to struggle for the next at least three or four years with very little picks. Players who are, you know, most likely not suited to being in the NBA. More like uh, two-way contracts. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where he actually does end up. I don't think that he will see out the season in Houston but that is to be decided.
1: I think for me he's 31 years old and uh, you get to that age of your career and um, not that you go ring chasing you, you that's probably five years down the line uh, but you, you want to be playing for a contender and I think the, the issue for me is that Harden has been through so many Potentially great players. So he went through Dwight Howard. He went through Chris Paul. He went through Russell Westbrook, and these are all All Star players um, at the time. I know Howard hasn't been an All Star player for a while, but um, and certainly after Houston wasn't. But Westbrook's an All Star player, Mister Triple Double. Uh, Chris Paul was a was a great quarter, a great point guard. Uh, i was. And, I'm personally not a big fan of him. I, I I don't like his attitude on the floor, but I won't take away from the fact that he's a good player. But Harden has has been the mainstay, and they have just brought in star after star after star to play with them. And for whatever reason, he, they've just never been able, he's never been able to mesh with someone.
2: I think the whole, the whole reason why he's not been able to mesh with someone is most of these people that they have brought in, with the exception of Dwight, they do their best work with the ball in their hands, distributing or scoring the basketball themselves. If they'd have looked at maybe bringing in not a guy who possibly sees himself on the same level as Harden, but maybe two guys that could complement a little bit better, like a, a small forward, like a, even a Danilo Gallinari or you know someone else that at the, at the centre position, or just a, another guy that doesn't need the ball in his hands, that can provide something different. Um, it would have worked out a little bit differently, but I think bringing in two star names that are known for scoring the ball or distributing the ball was never really going to work in Houston. It didn't really matter how many shooters you have around them. There is only one ball. Only one person can put it in that hoop.
1: Well, Chris Paul wasn't... I mean, he could he, put up big points. Um, certainly did for the Clippers. Uh, certainly did for New Orleans when he was uh, there. But Chris Paul was, was a passer at the end of the day and, and even then they they fell out I think on a personal level as well as a professional level so um, it was a, a tough sell I think it's a tough sell now for anyone to I think Harden has tainted himself and I think it is really really difficult for any decent player to look at that team because if you look through their, um, their uh, roster just now they've got DeMarcus Cousins who has been injured for the last couple of years, Tavo Saffalosha, PJ Tucker, they do have John Wall, but obviously that was a trade. That wasn't John Wall saying, I want to go to Houston. So I think it's, and, and John Wall, he, like you just said, he's different from Chris Paul in the fact that he will want the ball and he will want to score. That was his big issue with Bradley Beale. Bradley Beal was taking points off of John Wall. So um, I think that that's going to be a tough one. Uh, What we'll do is we'll take a quick break and then what we're going to do is we're going to look ahead to who we think will be lottery teams, playoff teams, contenders, and we'll also have a quick look at the upcoming week and see what the week holds for the fixtures in the NBA. So we're back with Ryan. Um, Ryan, we were talked about contracts and money and everything else money does make the world go round um however we much prefer to talk about basketball and players and teams and we have a brand new season about to start so this is a tough one who this year is without shadow of a doubt hail mary uh going to be a lottery team so not even making the playoffs looking
2: for a number 1 pick. Uh oh, definitely the two most likely candidates for me are Sacramento Kings and Cleveland Cavaliers. I don't I don't see them improving that much since last year, Cleveland being the worst team in the East last year, and I think that with Kevin Love probably again not playing that many games or not trying that much and um, lost Tristan Thompson. I know they've got Andre Drummond, but I just I don't see them improving that much. And the Kings, they've got like eight centers. Who are they starting? Who are they playing? Like, why? Are they, why have they eight centers? The leagues went small. They got eight centers. It's really strange.
1: Yeah, that is a strange one. I I was kind of looking more at the Timberwolves. I think they are a team that just are, are just a struggle. That um, they actually a struggle to watch a lot of the time as well. Um, I don't feel like Carl Anthony Towns unless he has had an attitude change um, over the extended off season he's had. I don't see them doing much. I mean, he's supposed to be their marquee player uh, and he does put up big numbers, but I think his whole demeanor is just so flaccid that I just can't see him doing much. Um, Looking at the East, uh, I'm going with the Hornets. Um, They signed Gordon Hayward, who I am a fan of Gordon Hayward, um, even though he left the Jazz high and dry, Uh, but it's fine because we got Donovan Mitchell. Um, But, no, I'm going with the Hornets because Hayward has, has kind of proven that he cannot stay fit. He's already broken a finger, so he's already missing two weeks. And he would he would be a player, and probably is a player, that the reason they brought him in was to mentor Ball um, and get him going. I think Ball will hit a rookie wall probably about a month into the season. I think he'll probably start off with a blistering pace and then he's just going to go right down. So I do not hold out any hope that Michael Jordan's team even looks a sniff at the playoffs. Um, I think I, I actually, think really I, I I got to disagree there. I actually had them
2: kind of fighting for that kind of 10th play in game. That's what, that's my prediction for them, mainly because they have such a versatile lineup. Like when you look down their roster, they have a lot of guys that are very interchangeable. Now, I know that can be a bad thing for some teams, but I think for those guys, because they're so young, it'll be quite easy for them to kind of almost take on a new role quite regularly. And I think that, I, I know you said that uh, Hayward is basically just a, a walking meme of injuries, um, but I think he might stay fit enough to lead them into that possibility for play-in game contention.
1: I mean, don't get me wrong, there, there's a couple of players on this team that I like. Uh, P.J. Washington, I am a fan of. Um, If I'm honest, wouldn't mind him in Utah. Uh, But Miles Bridges, I'm not a a great big fan of. I think he has a lot of work to do. Uh, He's got a lot of work to do on his game. Malik Monk, a similar thing. I mean, I know these guys are 22, 23, whichever. Um, But I, I just think they have a lot of work to do. And I think... You have a nineteen year old coming in on La Milla Ball. And I think that this season, next season, and probably the season after, will be that, that will be the season. So I'm talking 2023, and um, where this team kinda comes of age. Is and, and this is only if they can keep this team together, um, which is does prove difficult in the player impairment era because players just want to move around. So if they can keep this team together, I think it's pretty decent um, in a couple of years. But I'm um, sorry, mate, I can't can't give it to them this year. <laughs> I'm afraid. Even think, even in the east, wow. Even in the east. E- even in that east, um, right. Then if we look at solid playoff teams, um, I have a couple of thoughts, and I I think you'll probably agree with with most of them. Um, so I'm not even talking about contenders yet. I'm talking about you know, teams that are pretty solid playoff teams. Um, so I went with the Jazz, who I don't think are contenders, but I do think are, are a solid playoff team. Um, the Nuggets, the Trailblazers, and the Dallas Mavericks. Yep. yep, I got them all.
2: Different different order than you. I can rank them as well. So I went Lakers, Dallas, Jazz, Denver, Clips, Blazers, Memphis. And the last one, will surprise you. It's a team that you would not think I'd have ever put in the the playoff contention. They have not been there for a very long time. Suns?
1: Yes, the Suns. Chris Paul does not miss playoffs. Yeah, he just can't make a Western Conference final. uh, Or finals. (laughs) Um, So, for for me, um, yeah, I don't think they're a solid playoff team. I don't think they're a dead set uh, playoff team. Uh, But the way that they played in the bubble... And the way that they've, I think they have got stronger um, in the off season. And probably one of the teams that I do feel that got stronger. Um, I think they are in with the play, I think probably a play in spot um, along with the Pelicans um, because I think the Pelicans are are, are pretty good as well. Um, If I look out east um, in terms of solid playoff teams, I'm going to go with the Magic. I I think they are solid. Um, Wow. uh, The Heat are, are.
2: Who's who's your who's your who's your big guys in the magic? Because they've not got Jonathan Isaac's the whole season. Are you yeah, expecting a, an amazing season from Aaron Gordon?
1: I I have been waiting for an amazing season from Aaron Gordon for a while. Um, I won't lie. Uh, I, I I don't know. I think he he got a lot out of the bubble. Um, I know they didn't do massively well um, in the end, but. I don't know, I I like Aaron Gordon a lot and I think you've got more Bamba, he, he's, he, he can't argue with him, um, but I think Gordon is just, he's 25 now, he's getting to where you would think a player has grown enough that he can start to go for it. Vucevic is only 30 years old um, and he had an outstanding bubble. Uh, and I just think that this team that they've pretty much kept the, the core together and um, will do it. And I think Markel Foltz will grow from strength to strength. I I've always been a believer that the Philadelphia 76ers did that kid, uh, no justice whatsoever. Uh, in the way that they treated him. Um, and I think he showed that in the bubble and he showed that he can produce the kind of college game stats at the NBA level and, um, given the opportunity um and I, I i don't know if it was injury or if it was psychological or what but i have always felt that the 76ers did him no favors whatsoever other than getting him to orlando where he's blossomed so i, I do think orlando were a solid playoff team
2: wow i had them i, I did have them compete for the playoffs but i had them in the in the playoff games
1: all right um the other teams that i had um, as a solid playoff team, but not contender, is the Bucks. Um, I think they probably finished third. Um, and yeah, I, I, I have the Raptors in there as a as a solid playoff team.
2: Yeah, I I actually had the Bucks at finishing number two, so we're very similar there. I actually yeah. had the Raptors definitely making the playoffs, but I think they're we going to struggle in the regular season this year. I think it's going to take them a little bit to adjust the fact that they don't have Marcus or Serge Ibaka. And they're going to need a lot of big games at Siakam and Lowry and their newly um, contracted Van Fleet. I think that's going to be a a big one. It's you know it, he needs to produce the goods now. Now that he's got that contract, show them that he's worth it.
1: I think Van Fleet will. I think he he is a player that year in year out. He he does seem to improve um, his game somewhat. So. I'm, I'm hopeful for the Raptors. I, I think Nick Nurse coaches the players he's got. He doesn't necessarily play against coach against against teams. He just coaches his way and gets his players in the right positions for themselves. Uh, so now nah, I, I I'm probably betting more on the coach than on the players, um, which is unusual for the NBA because you usually yeah. would go with players. But I just think he's such a good coach. Um, yeah. And if I, did, I, I think if he'd been at Milwaukee, I don't think Milwaukee would have struggled with Miami. I actually think if Nick Nurse was the coach in Milwaukee, um, Milwaukee would have made those finals.
2: Yeah, I have to agree there. I did bump the Raptors down one spot in my predictions, mainly on the fact that Drake's not going to be there to cause interference on players. So I had to <laughs> give them just about one spot <laughs>
1: downward. Yeah, um, Drake is is always a a worrisome character. Um, An honourable mention I will give is to the Atlanta Hawks. Um, I think this is a breakout year for them. I think they, like Charlotte, have a young core, but I think they're just a bit older, a bit wiser. Um, You've got John Collins, you've got um, Trey Young, um, and I think they added some... They added some real talent to this team as well. So, A lot of
2: shooters. A lot of shooters they added, which is fantastic yeah. for them.
1: And and that's that's kind of what they needed. They need to stretch that floor. Now, obviously, there was the issue with uh, Bogdan Bogdanovic, who was uh, with the Kings, um, and said he didn't want to go to the Bucks. He chose um, to go and play for Atlanta instead, which I think, given that they signed guys like Gallinari. They've already got Capella, Chris Dunn. I, this looks like a, a really good team. And then you've, you've obviously got Cam Reddish and stuff, and Trey Young. It, it's, it looks to me as though it's a pretty solid team. Uh, Clint Capella, John Collins, I think, will complement each other quite well. Um, and, and like I said before, as, uh, other than Gallinari, I think Gallinari, Gallinari and Rondo are the only 30-plus players on this team. Um, so it is it is a young team full of energy uh, and I think that that'll get them into the playoffs um maybe a, a push the play in games but um I definitely see them actually in the playoffs at some stage um a- Anyone else that stands out for you?
2: Where did you have the nets?
1: How high up your rankings did you have them oh this is this was this was the the horrible one, so I actually have them <laughs> winning the east no way. Yep. No. Nah. from winning, winning
2: the east. Are you hoping that Kyrie plays more than 10 games? Is that is
1: that what you're saying? I think he he has to because I think he has made such uh no he's an arrogant pain in the ass let's let's be honest but he has made so many issues at, at Cleveland and in Boston and obviously had his issues injuries and stuff um, last season but this season he's got a lot to play for Kevin Durant went to the Nets Um, the Nets have invested in him don't get me wrong so did the Celtics but the Nets have given up a lot to, to make sure that they can get these two marquee players to play for them rather than the New York Knicks. Because um, that was obviously the big shock that these two players didn't go to the Nets. they went to the to the Nets, uh, who are always classed as like the second team of New York. I think that they do exceptionally well, um, and Kevin Durant, even without Carrie Irvin, Kevin Durant can can boss a game and uh, he can he can pull wins out himself. But that core, even if. Irving goes injured or whatever. They have so many good players, young players that before Irving got there, were doing really well for Brooklyn. So um, I I think that yeah, Brooklyn. I'm I'm just putting them top spot.
2: Well, I still think it's going to be Philly. Philly's going to win win the East in my mind. Philly closely followed by the Bucks.
1: So is that is that the Philadelphia 76ers where? their main shooter can't shoot threes. Because, I mean, I'm still waiting on Ben Simmons actually, you know, producing a decent volume of threes um, as a they've, point guard forward. They've got Seth Curry for that. That's fine. Seth Curry. Dude, <laughs> I love the Curry family. Um, you know, I, I got to see his brother in, in, in uh, Oakland when they were there. Um, however, Seth Curry does add shooting. I will give you that. And one of my big complaints about the 76ers was when they got rid of JJ Redick, they they lost their shooting um, and because he, he was obviously so good. Now, they did ask, add Seth Curry, but I don't think adding Seth Curry does much because I think you still have this issue where you have a, a moody Joel Embiid and a shootingless um Ben Simmons who uh, I just think... I don't think these two players complement each other, and I think that what happens is you look at these two players on paper. Wow, these two should just light up the world. These two players should have been in the finals by now. But I—it's weird when you watch. If you watch any other team, if you watch the Lakers, you watch the communication between LeBron and Davis. They're talking all the time, all the way through the game, when they're sitting on the bench, when they're on the floor. If you look at, we'll go with my team, we'll go with the, the Jazz. If you look at Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, they're talking all the time. In fact, that, that whole team talks, to be fair. I'm surprised Quinn can get a, a word in edgeways. Um, <laughs> but if you go through these teams, all of these teams have at least their, their star players or their big players talk. Even John Collins and, and Trey Young um, in Atlanta that you can always see them on the sidelines talking these 2 don't talk on the floor they don't talk on the bench I just I think there's there's something inherent in one of them or both of them that it's not that they don't like each other because even Jimmy Butler went in there to kind of it was almost as if he went in there to knock their heads together and get them to play together and even Jimmy Butler couldn't get that out of them so I, I don't buy into the to the. I think the process worked. In fact, that they got the players that they got, but I don't think it worked. In fact, that they got the combination of players that they've
2: got. Yeah, I think, I think that when when Jimmy was there, he obviously he liked playing with them, and he was very close to staying there. I think that with the addition to Bryce Harris and stuff, like that, I think it was he just saw that it wasn't all going to kind of all shuffle out the way he wanted it because he wants to eat. Obviously Jimmy's suited to more being the man and with the three of them there plus him, it's too much kind of competition for him. And I think it's, it worked out better for Jimmy, but why, what I, what I see it of um, the new look Philadelphia 76ers is the fact that Doc Rivers is there. And if you're cast your minds back to when he took over at Boston and he had Garnett, Pierce, Allen, Rondo and he got them all to work together. Now we know Rondo was not a sure. Rondo's never been a sure. What's Ben Simmons? Rondo part 2. Just a bigger, stronger, better driver of the ball than Rondo. I think this is going to work out better than a lot of people are thinking.
1: Well, we'll we'll have to to see on that one. Um let's head west though uh, for a moment. Um because we've not talked about the, the contenders in the west. Now I think you only have one uh, contender, um, but I'm going to give you three. One of them will be yours, um, but I am going with the Lakers number one. I think number three would be the Clippers, and number two will be the Warriors. Wow, wow!
2: No, no. Number two is the Mavericks. It's definitely the Mavericks. You think when the Mavericks are
1: number two.
2: Yep. When Porzingis comes back, that team when, with. When it's going to happen, it's here. He'll be back before the all star game, and that team is going to take on another level. And with the additions that they've had, and with a healthy, like, big guys that they're going to have this year, like Powell was injured for a lot of last season, Max, he was out for a little bit. Um, you uh, Seth Curry, when he was on the floor, was just a liability, so that's why they've went and got. Uh, Josh Richardson so he's not going to be allowed about it on defence and I think that like Doncic's will produce a similar season to last year but it's going to be more wins they'll be able to see a lot more games because if you look at their their record last year there was a lot of games where they either went to overtime and just lost or lost within the last minute or two like they were in a lot a lot of close games and their record was still that good so this year I think they're going to you know, show that bit of experience and a bit of kind of, you know, fighters' punch almost, just to get in a better scene position than they were last year.
1: So I think they they get a better scene position, but I I just don't see them quite as high as number two. I think they will they will have a good season. Look at Doncic; there's an absolutely no doubt in my mind. He's the, one of the future players of the league, um, and he'll be here for a long time. Uh, and, and probably the same with Chris Porzingis, as long as he can stay healthy. Um, I think it's, it, he struggles. I mean, he's seven foot three, and I think anyone above seven foot kind of struggles with health because um, the knees obviously take a, a bit of a pounding um, when you add in weight and everything else. So I, I think the Mavericks have a great season, and I think I, I already said that I had them as a, a, a solid playoff team. Yeah. Um but I, I just I, I think there's other teams out there that are just gonna be a bit more overpowering. Um it, like even maybe like a Denver Nuggets, I think they may struggle against a Denver Nuggets team. Um or even even an Oklahoma City Thunder team. Um teams that won't finish below them. But yeah. I think that you know, it'll be those types of games um that, that they'll kind of falter. Whereas against the Lakers and against the Clippers you know, I can see them splitting those series quite easily. Um, so I think it's uh, it's definitely a tough ask for Dallas um, to finish that high. However, in the playoffs, I actually think they'll do quite well. Um, yeah. I think they so, will have a good push.
2: Talk us through why you think the Warriors are going to finish so high up. Because I'm still not seeing it. I just I I don't in in looking at all their projections and stuff, and looking at the health of their players. I don't see them all being together as a unit, especially Draymond and Steph. I think that they're going to be there's going to be some bust-ups this year between those two, uh, as Draymond has a couple of little transforms in him, as he does every single year. But I think this is a year that he's going to be, you know, really throwing the, the dummy out the pram. So I, I think Steph
1: has, has dealt with uh, Draymond uh, in a very cordial adult manner Um, although Draymond doesn't always act like an adult Um, and I I, I think Steph doesn't change his tact he knows what works to get Green going and he also knows when to just kind of let him go off on what Um, we've seen it in the past Um, I think this team is has gone younger Um, I think there's only there's only really a couple of players are over 30 on this team and only just, I mean, Draymond Green's only just 30 himself. Um, You know, Steph is the elder statesman of this team and Draymond, I think, has always respected that this is Steph's team and that Green is his kind of right-hand man um, when it comes to um, dishing out verbal abuse at, at teammates, um, and I think Curry's always respected Draymond's role in that. And I think I think this is something that Steve Kerr has built: is he's built players or teams that have bring different aspects to the game, and not just on the floor. So Draymond is your instigator. He's he's a bit like Joe Ingalls In fact, he's a bit of a glue guy, and he, he will bring guys together. He will bring them in, and when guys do well. Draymond Green is one of the first guys to put their arm around a guy and say, oh, well done, that's a good job. On the flip side of that, he's also the first guy to go over to them and have a good go at them um, if they're not doing well. So I don't think Steph changes tact with with Green um, and how they they interact between each other. Um, I don't think taking Clay Thompson out of the mix makes that big a difference between the relationships um, on the team. It will be interesting to see how Kelly Oubry Jr. fits in. He is someone that's kind of moved around a little bit over the last couple of years. But I do rate him. I think he's, he's a good addition, especially as maybe a sixth man. Um, but they've got James Wiseman in it now as well to come in and play centre. Um, they were looking at Looney as, as playing centre, and obviously Green's played centre quite a bit as well. But now they have a kind of more legit centre. Now, I did have a prediction before the draft that... Um, Steve Kerr would trade for Rudy Gobert um, to have a legit in-season, readily seasoned um, uh, Rudy Gobert to to take up that position, but they've they've went with James Wiseman, and I think I think he does quite well for them. It, it probably takes him a, a month or two to acclimatize to the NBA. Um, but I, I spoke about rookie walls earlier. I don't think he has a rookie wall. I think he is he's going to have a really good, strong season. Um, He may hit a rookie wall in the playoffs, but I think in terms of the regular season, he's going to, I think he may not win rookie of the year. Um, There's a few good candidates out there for that, but I think he he certainly has a good shot at it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I like Wisen. I I, I think, as you said, the roster has got younger, but I think, and I'm I, I'm of the mindset of Care knows this is not a year to go out and challenge for a championship. Especially with the, the weird length of season that it is. The fact that Clay is not gonna be back, the fact that Steph and Draymond are coming off injuries. I think this is gonna be almost like a an in between year where they're gonna, you know, go through the motions, look like they're gonna win a couple of games, but not really do a lot. That's 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 my take on it anyway.
1: So So I think uh, Steve probably does start them off slow. Um, and I think this is a team that probably hangs around the bottom end of the the playoff, playoff spots in the first kind of, couple of months of the season. But as the season goes on, I think they ramp up and they get just that little bit stronger, a little bit stronger, a little bit stronger. Um, leading up to the playoffs. Uh, And I think that's what what sees them through. Um, I don't think it's going to be an easy season for them whatsoever. I think it will be an exceptionally tough season. The Western Conference is littered with um, standout players and and teams. Uh, But I think you you can't take away the experience that Steph Draymond has. Um, And I think someone who is going to have to stand out as um, Andrew Wiggins and I think if he doesn't stand out early on in the season I, I think um, Steve Kerr starts looking at options in terms of a trade because I think he, he needs someone in that spot as good as Kelly uh, Ubri Jr. is um, I, I think he, he still needs to look out for kind of a, a, a kind of legit star I mean Marquis well um, when he when he was in but um, he's not going to Set the world on fire. I don't think so. It'll be interesting to see how the Warriors react. Yeah. Um, in terms of the Lakers, though, I mean, I think we probably both have them number one, right? Oh, definitely, definitely. Did the Lakers win it all?
2: I I don't I, I don't really see a way past them. Uh, I think with the off season trades that they did. Um, getting Kuzman to obviously re-sign for a lot less money than I think he was probably hoping for as well. It's you know it's all signs are looking pretty positive for the Lakers. Especially seeing as they now got two Alex Cursos in the THT
1: having a bit of a breakout preseason there. So I like Dennis Schroeder. I think his signing was good. I think Montre Montres Harrell, um although he's He's basically just changing, changing room. Um, it was a good signing. Um, and I, th- I think they do have uh, an exceptionally strong team um, with experience uh, mixed in. They've got Mark Casal now as well. So um, the Kuzma deal was one that shocked me. Uh, I thought he would probably be looking for a move away from the Lakers. Um, I... He obviously sees that there's going to be championships there um, in LA, but I, I did actually think he's probably going to move because he want more, more time on the ball, more game time. Um, he's 25 now, so he's probably at that stage of his career that you know he's he's wanting a bit more responsibility, um, and that's tough to ask for when you've got LeBron James and um, Anthony Davis. So, yeah, I think they have a good season. I think. I don't think they struggle. I, I think they start strong from the off, um, and I think the the way that they've went about their off season is they have put the rest of the league on notice that they are out to win another championship, Well, at least one. <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe two. I mean, LeBron's kicking thirty five now, um, as is Mark Casal, Jared Dudley. So, um, Wes Matthews is thirty four. So. They are these these guys. I mean, as fit as LeBron James is, you know, Father Time has uh, has no losses. So we, we, we've seen that in the past. Um, you know, Kobe, MJ, whoever you want to you want to name, um, Father Time has always caught up. Even Vince Carter, who played for like four decades, um, or three, <laughs> three, three three decades, um, kind of struggled. So um, towards the end, LeBron is. Absolutely a beast uh, and fit, and probably the fittest guy on the floor. Uh, but I think this season they do win the championship, sadly. Um, however, I think looking long term, the Lakers have to be looking at even when he leaves, as Anthony Davis wants to stay. Um, so they need to, as much as they're looking for LeBron to do it now. I think even at this point, even at this juncture, sending someone like Kyle Kuzma and keeping him around is good to, for keeping Anthony Davis around because it shows that they're willing to spend maybe not quite as much money as um, Kuzma would have hoped, but spend some money to keep good players there because Kuzma is a good player. I know he, he takes a whole bit of rap online and um, in the media, but I actually think he's pretty good. Um, yeah. And, and I, I've got high hopes for him. Uh, moving forward
2: I think that that second unit like if you look at the second unit this for this applicant year to last year is fantastic like it's one of the strongest second units that we've seen in the league for a very long time
1: yeah it is um and, and they have built something special and what we'll do is we'll we'll touch on a couple of well just a couple of games and um, that we're going to see over the next couple of days Um, if you um, give us just two um, games that you think are going to be going to be ripe for watching over the next uh, few days Uh, well I
2: think that the the first game tomorrow is going to be really good to watch because no one's going to play any defence in it so Warriors Nets 150 to 161 it's going to be high scoring it's like an all-star game you know, you want to see Kyrie and KD put up there each. You got it. You want to see Steph at half court shots for fun. You got it. It's going to be fantastic to watch.
1: Yeah, um, I think opening day always is a, is pretty decent. Um, I, I'm actually moving to Wednesday. Um, I am looking forward um, to seeing um, the Miami Heat and the Orlando Magic play. Um, I, I think this is. A game, it's almost like a derby game. Um, they're so close. So I actually think this is going to be a really good game. I think we'll see, and Gordon, who we spoke about, and doing pretty well. Um, and we're expecting to have Jimmy Butler back um, as well. So I think he gets into it straight away. He's not one to shy away from a game. Um, is there any games leading up to Sunday? Any other games leading up to Sunday? You're looking at um,
2: the the one that I've kind of earmarked for. Really watching closely is the Bucks v. Boston because that's that was the Eastern Conference Finals of last year that never really happened. And it'll be really interesting to see what really happens with this new look Bucks lineup and to see Boston without Kemba Walker and see how they do with Marcus Smart leading them from point guard. That'll be that'll be a good one to really kind of get your teeth into.
1: Yeah, we have not really spoken about Boston, um, they, they've had obviously some issues, but um. I've always been a bit of a fan of Smart. I, I like his fighting him. him. Um, I, I think he, he'll do pretty well. Um, the other game that I'm looking forward to um, is, uh, it's another Miami game, um, is the the Pelicans-Miami Heat game on Christmas Day. Um, it's one of the, f- the first games um, on Christmas Day. Um, it's at 5pm in the UK. Um, that's going to be a really good game in terms of, you know, you've got quite a, two young teams. Um that are are going to be going at each other, and I think this this could be a really good advert for the NBA um, on Christmas Day in terms of how the other games pan out. Because I think this is going to be a high energy game, and um, you've got Hero um, on one side, um, and obviously you've got Zion on the other. So I, I think this is a, a a really nice game to watch, and um, certainly good for Christmas Day. Oh yeah, definitely. I think I think that um
2: is really going to put on a show as well he'll be wanting to prove that getting to the finals wasn't just a flashing pan. And I think that the first four or five games, the heat, a lot of people are going to take them a little bit lightly because they're going to be thinking, Oh, they're, they're going to be looking a little bit tired and exhausted, but they're going to, they're going to come at the blocks firing, I think.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, well, we have uh, just about hit our time now. Um, so what we'll do is we'll quickly wrap up. Now, Um, We are going to be back on Sunday. Normally, we'll do an NBA show on a on a Friday, um, because we've obviously got football on as well with Katie. Uh, But Ryan's going to be back uh, for the next two Sundays, um, and we we'll do an NBA show just covering what's been happening, what's in the news um, and any kind of big games that have been going on. Um, so we'll bring you those uh, for the next two Sundays and then after Christmas and New Year is over and we're into 2021 and hopefully starting to look a bit COVID-free, uh, we, we can start to to look at uh, getting us on a Friday um, so we can set you up for an NBA weekend. Um, but for the moment, thanks very much for joining me, Ryan.
2: Thanks very much for having us.
1: A huge thank you to Ryan Doherty for coming on yet again and, and talking NBA with us. Um, he has some strong views and they don't always match with mine, which is as good. Um, so uh, it gives you a bit of contrast and hopefully you agree with one of us. And if you don't, well, you can tell us. Um, you can get us on our social media feeds, uh, across the Pond Sports Pod on Facebook and Instagram. Um, you can get us on Twitter at ATP Sports Pod. Um, you can also have a look at us on our website. Ryan's on there, Um, so atpsports.net So, we've got a lot going on, and Ryan's going to be back on Sunday, as I said And, we're going for it, you know, the NBA season's here Basketball is back, and it's back nearly as we know it, we're not in a bubble, we're teams are going to be in their own stadiums There's going to be very limited amounts of fans in, in certain stadiums, much like we've seen with the NFL, um And in terms of the NFL, you know, we've got shows coming up for that as well, leading us all up the way to the Super Bowl um, in February, which looks as though that's going to go ahead uh, in Tampa. So we've got that to look forward to. So for the moment, um, thank you so much for joining us for another episode. And we'll be back later in the week uh, with an NFL show.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.